and welcome to the On Call Room, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. I'm Abby. I'm Bree, and, and it's, it's a, a beautiful, beautiful day to podcast. podcast. We, if you are listening for the first time, are a Grey's Anatomy podcast deep diving all episodes. We are currently in season ten, episode five and six. Um, we are a spoilers podcast, and we. Also talk a little bit of nonsense before we talk about Grace. Yeah, so if you're not interested in our lives, which, first of all, <laughs> rude, period, um, then you can look at the show notes. We'll let you know where we start talking about Grace content in the episode. Yeah, we do that for every episode. So if this is the first time you've heard that, and you're like, oh, oh go look I don't at have it. to do 15 seconds, 15 <laughs> seconds, 15 seconds. They're still <laughs> talking. Um, we don't do not have a co-host tonight with us other than ourselves. And, so, and Marge. And Marge, who's here sleeping peacefully, knock on wood. Um, but if you would like to co-host the podcast, you can do so by going to www.patreon.com slash the uncall room, where you can pledge two, five, or ten dollars a month. The ten dollars is what you get you into the co-hosting section. We're currently working through our list of people. You also get bonus episodes. You look giggly over there. What are you looking at on your computer? <laughs> I was just giggling at you. Get you in the section to co-host. You know what? You just keep. It's like one of those, like at a sporting event, you like do one of those, bo- one of those boxes. You know, you do the rest. I'm bowing down in the words bowing of out. I'm bowing, bowing out. <laughs> Great graciously. Um, you get bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. You get the podcast a day early. You do fun Zoom calls, and then also you. We just recently started a um, new thing where we talk about things. Grey's Anatomy for about 10 minutes. Uh, it's called post-op. So, Meaning if you don't aren't a patron, you don't get those bonus 10 right. minutes. Right. That is a, a attending reward. <laughs> reward. Um, today's post-op conversation is going to be about donor-conceived siblings. Is that what they're called? Or savior siblings. Right. So the patient in this story that was um, providing all the things for her sister. Yes. Um, we're really not going to talk too much about her in the regular episode, but if you want to hear more about that and how Shonda Rhimes writes that into her stories, stay then, tuned. Yeah. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at the On Call Room Pod. Um, I had some fun little chats with some people today. Someone shout out from Belgium. <gasps> yeah, uh, messaged I us, saw that. and that was really cool. Um, and we had someone from Texas message us. So thank you everyone for reaching out and saying such thoughtful, kind things. We really appreciate it. Um, another way, if you want to get a hold of us, if you have some um, suggestions for the podcast, we have a form on our website, uh, www.theoncallroompod.com. There you can fill out our contact form and let us know some thoughts. Yeah, we would love that. And another just easy way to support us is rate and review us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, We appreciate a five scalpel review, aka five stars. Remember, if you have any feedback that you want us to include in the show, shoot us an email on the website. Um, But we love reviews. We love reading them. We're going to share one today. This is from Kate Savvy. Her subject line is, it's so much more than Grey's. Several years ago, I started rewatching Grey's because I've seen a lot of episodes, but never every episode of the season. My favorite type of podcasts are companion podcasts to TV shows and movies. And there wasn't great options for Grey's Anatomy. Enter Brie and Abby. Hello. (laughs) We're here. (laughs) At first, I didn't care for their personal chats at the beginning, but then after a few long car rides, I'm invested, both in their podcast and their lives. More Marge and McCoy. Stealing the limelight. I've caught up on Grey's long ago and still listening. 
Hot take. Christina was also really hard to take on rewatching, but I do love her and Meredith together. Also, Derek is kind of gaslighting. King of gaslighting. Oh, king of gaslighting. Keep it up, those GGBs. You know what? I like that she can listen to us, still not feel strongly about Christina as us, but still enjoy the podcast. Yeah, I think that's fair. I do think this was also a really good uh, review to read for this particular episode because I think we'll get into it about how we feel about how Christina's Handling some things with Meredith. Yes. Um, absolutely. Later. Later on the pod. <laughs> um, so those are all of our announcements. Yeah. So why don't we just talk about ourselves for the next 45 yeah. minutes? So I don't want to give a, a TMI like warning disclaimer. on this disclaimer, but I, I feel like I should. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about my own women's health and IUDs. So if that freaks you out or something... First of all, it shouldn't. Um, yeah. Women's health is cool. But unless but also, you've had a bad experience yes, with one. Yes, if you don't want to hear anything about this, just skip ahead. I won't be offended. But I have to share it because, preface, it's not so much about what happened to me. It's about the mind trip that I went on. Loving it. Okay. Here for it. So I went to a—I'm going to keep this part short, but I went to a new doctor today for the first time. Their website was done by the person that does my website, and it just seemed—they had a literal photo of, like, the inside of an orange to, like, look like a vagina. And Love I was it. like, I'm into that. Um, my web designer did did it, and they seemed super, like, new age. They do Reiki at the place. They have all sorts of things. They're, like, a mix, I would say, of, like, Western medicine and— is it called Eastern? No. Yeah. Yeah, Western yeah. and Eastern medicine. I just realized suddenly that it was a compass. <laughs> <laughs> and I was really excited. I went. Um, I was nervous because I hate, I've never had a good gynecological appointment. I just feel like they're always hor- just awkward. And you just feel leaving. You don't feel good when you leave. Yeah. And I've fallen off the table at one. <laughs> yes. So. I thought I was going to shit my pants at one yeah. once. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyways, I go and basically I ended up, I'm getting an IUD replaced because it's, it's time is up. I'm still not ready. Time to is have, up. <laughs> I'm still not ready to have children, which shocking. For some reason, three years ago, I thought three years sounds good. Also, like if you, if you listen to this podcast, podcast, you would know that Abby and Bree, not ready to have children yet. <laughs> yeah. If you listen to They could have all, all our listeners could have told us this. If we listened to the beginning of this podcast, that's when I was in the mindset of like, three years should be fine. <laughs> and here, here we are. I, yeah. So anyway, so I needed to get another one in and she told me, and I was just like, I don't want to, I'll go back to the pill. I'm scared. It was traumatic. It was horrible. I thought I was going to poop my pants. I held like my getting the in, IUD in. Getting it in. I screamed. I screamed the word fuck. I bent my knees and I about cut my mom's hand off with yeah. my hand. She was there. I don't really know how she, why my mom was there, but she was. And so then she goes, okay, I understand that. The second time, you know, she's like, I won't lie to you. It hurts. It's terrible. She goes, but we have, we offer nitrous oxide here. And like, she's like laughing gas, like you get at the dentist. And she was like, it really helps with like, you, it'll still hurt, but you won't, it won't be as traumatic. And like, she's like, we like to think of you floating away while we just do this <laughs> procedure. And I've had nitrous oxide, oxide at the dentist. And like, that goes through your nose and you are not in control of it. It's just like, you know, you're getting some regular oxygen too, yeah. obviously. But I was like, you know what? Let's do it. I'm here for it. I thought it was amazing. She, they put it, they give it to me and it's in a mouthpiece that I, I hold in my mouth and I control how much I get. So, like, I can, like, deep yoga breathe and get, like, there's oxygen, too. But, like, a lot of the, the nitrous oxide. And then, so I was, like, like, what's, what kind of yoga breathing is that called? In through the mouth? U- uj- I was, uj- like, uj- no, that's just nose, isn't it? I was breathing in through my mouth, out through my nose, as if I was in a yoga class. Like, deep breaths. Because I was, like, I do not want to feel this. I am very nervous. And it was, like, suddenly, I'm going to try my best to explain this. Because... 
<laughs> it's like when you have a dream and you try to explain your dream. But to no someone, one gets it. And it slowly starts that you don't even yeah. get it. I had, I was, first, I was so high. Like, I don't know if you can use the word high, but I'm going to because it's the only thing I can relate it to. First of all, I almost fell asleep. At one point, I was, like, holding it, and it was, like, out of my mouth. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to come in. Like, I, I They're need coming to be, in hot. I need to be awake. And all of a sudden, though, like, so I was hearing, it felt like I could hear my um, heartbeat in my feet and hands and mm-hmm. feel it, mm-hmm. which I was laying. <laughs> Sounds like a panic attack. <laughs> and, and then... I could hear like the off, like the front desk, like say like, thank you. And I heard like a phone ring. Cha-ching. And all of a sudden, all restaurant. of these sounds, all of a sudden I heard my brother, like a, a something he says. I heard what sounded like my dog whining. I heard my mom. I heard. At least your dog wasn't talking. I heard every <laughs> sound. Like I heard sounds. Did you from, hear me? All, I probably, you were probably in the symphony of my life. <laughs> I heard all of these sounds and it was like, I had this realization. I go, oh my God. All of my life has led up to this moment. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, wait, you're getting an IUD in. And not that, yet. It was, I no, was alone but, in a room. Yeah, but that's like. Yes. So I was like, what, what's about to happen? Because like, these are all sounds from my past and they're all culminating. And they're not actually sounds from my past. They're sounds from this room. Like something like this room. Like it felt like I was truly like having a fucking out of body experience and being like, all of the sounds of my life have come together in this moment. And it's was, actually the sound. What? Was the room haunted? No, but then I like kind of opened my eyes and the doctor's office, I swear to God, transformed. You know, like you always remember what your first doctor's office looked yeah. like. Like I saw things on the, on the table and the wall. And I was like, I am a child. Like I thought I was a child at my old doctor's office. And I saw, like, my mom's thing. Like, I saw these things, and I was like, I've time-traveled. Like, I am actually me when I'm, like, seven. Like, this, I was truly, and then I, I took the thing out of my mouth. <laughs> and I, I took a couple huge puffs of oxygen, and I saw my clothes on the floor. And I was like, oh, no, I'm 31, and I'm about to get an IUD. <laughs> and I'm in a room by myself. So then I was like, oh, shit, I gotta be high again. Like, I don't want to be not high when they come in. Then I looked at my watch, and it had been 20 minutes. I was breathing this shit in for 20 minutes, hardcore. And and then they come in, and at this point, I was kind of in my second hallucinatory, like, phase, but I was like, I gotta stay here. And I, I told, gave them permission to have this guy teacher come in for the, pro, like, the procedure, not my actual, like, appointment. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, if I'm fucking floating, I don't care. Yeah. He needs to see some vaginas. Yeah. And so I'm breathing in and out through this thing. She hands me a stress ball that says the patriarchy on That's it. That's amazing. For me to crush. <laughs> And I, like, laughed about that. I remember she picked up my legs and put them in the thing. So, like, they were just dead. dead. Put them in the stirrups, put yeah. Them in the stirrups. But, you know, usually you're, like, clenched. Yeah. I was just like, fucking do whatever you want. <laughs> and and uh, I could hear her, like, explaining about this. I heard her say the word speculum. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, okay, we're good. And, like, when here's the thing. When the, she pulled my old one out, I think I made a guttural sound like labor, uh-huh. but I don't remember. But I also think because I was drugged, there was no inhibition. I was like I, I was choice. I chose to drug myself. Yeah. I was like not uh, embarrassed mm-hmm. where I think before you try to be quiet and you like don't want to make a face. I think I just made whatever sounds because she was like, it's, oh, it's okay. Like now like, I'm like very embarrassed to see her again, sort of. Cause like I just let. Let loose. <laughs> Like, at one point, I was like, did I make orgasm sounds? 
And I was like, no, but I think it was like, you know, (laughs) and so it was horribly painful. Like I remember the pain, but as soon as it was done and she like, I felt her put like the sheet back over, I took the thing out and I had no pain. And the last time, like I couldn't get up. I like, I had to lay there for like a half hour. And like, I literally was fine. And I also think that I terrified that man. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure of it. I just think I was making such loud noises and the nurse came in to like schedule my follow-up and I was like by that point not high at all yeah I was like oh yes thank you very much like I was so Here's my insurance card <laughs> bowing as you leave like I have no idea what I just did in that room like I was very embarrassed you know like I, it's cloudy it's like when you wake up from a blackout in college and you're yeah. kind of or in your 30s yeah or- <laughs> Yeah, I always say college, so it yeah. sounds better. And, like, you kind of remember what you did. Yeah, and you kind of remember that one thing you were yelling about, but then you're like, but what was it really about? Right, and you're just like, I don't, maybe no one else remembers, but they all, all do. do. Yeah, like, that's how I feel. But then I'm like, she told me to do it. Yeah, I mean, she's probably, I'm sure a lot of people do that. With You know what's very interesting about all of this is... They have um, been, I don't know if they have been experimenting with it or allow it now, but for women who are in labor to use that. That's what a friend of mine said. She was too late for the epidural, so she got to use the gas. And she said she also went to another planet. Yeah. I mean, that's dope as hell. Yeah, it was just like. I'm, well, I'm, Abby and I were talking and I'm going to make an appointment with, because I need uh, to make a gynecologist appointment. And I don't like mine. And Abby yeah. was like, make it here. And now I'm like, if I'm just getting a pap, I want that <laughs> for a pap. Yeah, I mean, it was wild. And then I, they like walked me out, which like, <laughs> I'm like, did I need to be? Like, I thought I'd have to like go to the desk and pay, but they just like walked me out. The also, building. where you find a drive? Like it just goes away, right? Oh, no, Jake drove me because I thought I might. Uh, I just knew it last they time. They won't I, let you do it if you have to drive, right? No, I think they will. But they did make you wait for like 20 minutes. Gotcha. But Jake, so I walk outside though and Jake, I can't find the car and I'm just standing there and I was like in awe of how I didn't, wasn't in pain. I'm still not. Yeah. And last time I was out for like a week. Yeah. I wonder, I'm sure that helped. The second helped. one is easier, I yeah. think too. But. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure like the gas helped, but I bet the second one's easier. But I'm so happy you had such a better experience. I, I wonder, texted Brie. I was like, oh no, it's happening. Yeah, like you were texting me throughout, not while it was happening. <laughs> I wish you would have oh been like super high being like, dude, you are in my brain right now. <laughs> I think I would have gotten in my car, not even knowing where you were and like, I need to go find All her. All of the sounds orchestrated were sounds from my life, but they culminated together to create, it was actually the sounds of my appointment. Like McCoy's wine was actually the breathing machine. Like it was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, this is the moment. I thought it was these other sounds. It is this. Wow. It That's like, really, you should journal about I this. said it was like Interstellar when he's behind the bookcase. Yes, bring it back to Interstellar. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. When he's behind the bookcase. Oh my God, the best part. all of his life happening. The best part. Wait, I was behind the you- bookcase. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding, I was. Wow, and then did you realize it was all love? Like the <laughs> fucking well, fifth dimension of, is love. I was... Was I in the fifth dimension? Yeah. Because I was like there, but not. You were because, like, and, and it was all the people of your life. And you're like, all of this has brought me, love has <laughs> has made you travel to get your IUD. Yeah. That's really powerful. Well, and I was telling you, like, I, I could hear all these people and I was. I, That's like interstellar. Yeah. I, I think I was behind the bookshelf. I think Matthew McConaughey was just on a lot of nitrous oxide or whatever it's called. Wow. Yeah. And I did Google like what happens to your brain during on that. Um, And it says the plot of Interstellar. (laughs) 
I'm going to edit the Wikipedia. No, it just says a lot of how like sounds become really slow and distorted and like sound hallucinations are a thing. And I was like, well, that's good. I'm on track. Yeah, I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I, I, I just want to like try it. When I almost walked out, I was uh, still holding the stress ball. I was like, well, I think I have to leave this here. I don't know. You couldn't have this back. And then the, I remember as I was walking out, <laughs> the nurse was walking me out. I was out of the building, but it's like glass walls. And I saw the doctor and I waved <laughs> tried to tell Jake what I'd gone through. And he didn't get it. He was like, what? Wait, what? you were, what? huh? Like, he was so confused. And then he's like, okay, druggie. Yeah. Like, and I was like, no, I am lucid. Like, this is what happened. That's what also happened in Interstellar, everyone. <laughs> yeah. No, this really happened. I was behind the bookshelf. I was. Wow, and that's so, really powerful. It was a wild day. Like, almost like now, the, well, she said that the reason that it's actually so bad is that Females, unless you've had a baby, you do not know what that pain is. Right. And so— When they're also—it's never been opened before. No, and it's such—there's nothing to describe it. You can't be like, it's like a shot. It's like a pinch. It's this whole other thing. No, it's like someone shoving something up in you, up to your throat. Yeah. Through your, the top of your head. <laughs> yes. And, and then your head exploding. She said so more than anything, the residual pain people have is traumatic. Oh, for— It's just oh, that, that it's a—she tra- said, like, that's why we do the gas, because that takes away the mental trauma of it. And, like, she's like, because the physical, it's bad, but it's not that bad. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, and I was like, dude, you're right. It was just—I was shaky because of how, like, scary it was. It's terrifying. Yeah. So, anyways, I you guys should all go. I'll if you want to know Instagram message, I will send it. I'm not gonna talk about it on the podcast, but yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So, anyways, I know that that's a lot of TMI, but I thought the drug story was funny. I, you know what? And well, I don't think it's that much TMI. But if you've had a bad experience with yeah. IUDs, maybe. But I wonder too, would that be um, helpful for people who have like sexual abuse trauma? Probably. Yeah, because it like, like for to, like paps or something. Yeah, just to be out of your brain and go to behind the bookcase. Yeah, <laughs> I want to, to be get, behind the bookcase. Like need, that is why that movie means so much to me. You need to like make an appointment on a day when they're busy, so they bring in the gas for you right away, and then you get to puff because you control it, Brie. Yeah, you can. I think I was supposed to just breathe normal, and I was. <gasps> yeah. Like. I, like taking it in as a good was, drug druggie does. I was nauseous for like an hour afterwards, <laughs> but it was worth it. You know what? Maybe next time I go to the dentist too, I'll just be like, I'm very anxious and I really need that. But that's different because that's only going up your nose and you can't, it's not like airtight. Mm, this was mm. like a pipe. This was like, I looked like the caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland because. <laughs> that's so cool. Because it was a pipe that had two pipes off of it. One into an oxygen tank, one into the other yeah. thing. Yeah. And also, she said, she goes, when I turn this on, it's going to sound like a clown noise. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she, like, opens the pipe and goes, like, they made, like a toe. I was like, oh, that is a, it was like a clown shoe or a nose. <laughs> it, things started out weird. And I think I looked at that dude trainer or, like, the, whatever he is, and straight in the eye. He said, like, thank you for letting me observe. And I think I was just like, you're, you're welcome. welcome. <laughs> you want to see this again? I was thinking, though, about, like, they probably went out like, whoa, those noises she made. Probably. Honestly, they probably yeah. were like, we had a screamer today. <laughs> My mom was like, were you concerned that, like, what if some other poor girl was waiting to get hers and you were... Because I think I moaned, like, four times. Like every What if time they weren't they... even doing anything and you were just like, ugh? <laughs> I'm so afraid that... I think, because I really like this doctor, I think I'm going to be like, do you remember me? I was so fucking high. Yeah. Like, what, what was I okay? They, don't tell them that because maybe they'll be like, you can't control your no. own. <laughs> 
<laughs> like we have to control it. No, I will. I'm gonna write them a review saying that it was the best. It was an enjoyable say, IUD. Will you put the like caption as like I was behind the bookshelf in Interstellar? <laughs> I'll attach, and like fun. I'll attach a photo where Matthew McConaughey yeah. like floating. That's yeah. <laughs> I, you know what's really funny is a patron had asked us to talk about Interstellar today, and you just brought it in naturally. I did. It always does come in naturally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I, I really did. Ten out of ten scalpels. I really did panic though that all of a sudden, like, like I actually was still only eight years old, and every I dreamt everything my life was up to now. Like I thought I was in this doctor's office in the like early two thousands. Maybe. Hear me out. I did visit it. I was going to say, maybe you astroplaned there. (laughs) Or, or, or the simulation glitched that we're in. You glitched back to a time. Yeah, I'm wondering what life will be like for me now. Probably the same. (laughs) Or maybe not. I don't know. It was awesome. (laughs) I mean, do you feel like spiritually moved? I feel like I did. I saw some. I went through something. Yeah, okay. It felt like I did. How many scalpels? Honestly, 10 out of 10. Like the pain was terrible, but if I got to really reevaluate that, it'd be like a four out of five scalpels. Great. Yeah. That's higher than I rate most Grey's episodes. (laughs) (laughs) And something got shoved up my cervix. (laughs) Oh, I'm really happy you shared that. I think when she told me that one of my cervical whatevers was small, I said, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for complimenting my tiny cervix. I worked really hard on that. It's going to be awesome when I have kids. Oh. Um, anyway, so I hope that all brought you joy. It brought me joy. And that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Brie and I, I just also, we, I feel like I've just been giggly lately. But when we were at the beach, I was thinking how funny that was. And Brie and I were laying on each, like not on each other. <laughs> we were laying next, <laughs> next to each other on a towel, pulling our high-waisted suit bottoms down. down low and jiggling our bellies. And like squeezing them so they rolled. <laughs> and then also Abby made a joke of, she said, what if I looked over at you and said, you're so brave. <laughs> I was wearing a two-piece. <laughs> yeah. It said, I'd fucking smack you if you told me yeah. I was brave. It was just funny. It was it's funny. It's fun to sit by a friend and both just jiggle your bellies. Yeah, and just realize it's none just, of it matters in the end. We're no, only, we're, all, we're eight years old <laughs> in a doctor's office. Yeah. We also swam in Lake Michigan. It was great. The yeah. water was cold the next day. Uh, oh, was it? I went in the lake, the lake again. Yeah. Closer to Holland and it was much, it was 65. Oh, it dropped like 10 degrees. I know. In a day. Yeah. Um, I have a short little story, Go not as good as yours, but I just feel like... It's good. These episodes weren't that great, so yeah, this is Yeah, this is a very short story, but it was Monday, you know, didn't sleep well last night, but um, made it through my morning, and then someone had canceled their massage at 3 o'clock, which we open back after lunch at 3, so like technically I was working. Sorry, everyone. Pour it out, baby, pour it out. <laughs> and so someone canceled, and so I was like, you know what? Without even asking my boss, I was like, I'm going to clock out and I'm going to take that massage. <gasps> and then I asked my boss. Then I was like, I should ask him. And he was like, oh, yeah, I don't give a shit. I mean, he said, I don't care. I guess because you, your masseuse doesn't care who she's giving it. No. To, right? And then we didn't have to do like a cancellation fee for mm-hmm. someone. And we have two people working at the front desk. So I literally on my Monday got to get a massage in the middle of my work day. An hour. Oh. It broke up the day beautifully. <laughs> So nice. That's perfect for a Monday. Yeah, and I had like messed up my ankle again, so it like yeah. I was, and that was kind of my excuse. I Did was it like, I suffering? really, I was like, I really kind of need it. Like, my ankle is not doing well, and he was like, Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, no, well, it's a dude too. No, my boss. Oh, okay. No, 
I'd love, I would it like, be better if it was a dude? I feel like I would love to get a massage from a large man. Oh, but she is so, like, okay. she gets deep. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's a deep tissue. Did it hurt massage. your sunburn, though? No, because actually, I know it looks burnt, but it's oh, really not. I just want Like, it doesn't hurt. If someone were to massage my butt cheeks right now. I can do it. They would hurt so bad. <laughs> Please don't touch them. <laughs> I will some other time. Thank you. When they're yeah. not burnt. Um, but that was, that was really. That's a perfect Monday. Yeah, it was really nice. And now I'm drinking wine, recording with you, listening to you talk about yeah, being dr- on a different planet. We're drinking wine because you patrons have requested it. Yeah. I mean, you wanted a little more giggly yeah, this time. More boozy. A little, a little boozy. I, I believe the phrase was, I hope this one's more boozy. Yeah, and like, can't quite follow what we're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what we're talking about. So ah, My computer just fell asleep. Okay. Um, and well, so did the listeners. <laughs> Should we take a break and then get into Grays? Ah, sure. Take a break. All righty, we are back. We are in season 10, episode 5 and 6, I Bet It Stung and Map of You. Mm-hmm. Short right. summaries? Oh, yeah, short summaries. I'll read the first one. Meredith jumps back into work but finds it hard to excel at both motherhood and being a surgeon. Stephanie tries to make a good impression on Jackson's mom, and Joe finds herself overly involved with her new patient. Meanwhile, Callie and Owen deal with an emotional situation regarding a patient. Map of you. Derek and Callie work on a brain mapping project. Richard encourages the interns to use his physical condition as a learning tool, and after a discussion with Callie, Meredith considers continuing her mother's research. Meanwhile, Shane continues to feel guilty about Heather's death. The monologue for I Bet It's Done. Here's what I learned the first day at medical school. Think long and hard before choosing to become a surgeon. It takes 100% commitment. You have to be on your A-game every time you walk into that OR. When patients are lying on your table, completely at your mercy, they, they need to know that when you make that first cut, you know what you're doing. No other specialty requires the time, the focus, the complete dedication, except maybe being a mom. What if your focus splits? What if you can't be all in? Are you left with nothing at all? Maybe you just need to find a different path. Here's what's horrifying. What if you can't give 100%? Maybe you just need to go back to the beginning and start all over again. Meredith Gray. Map of you. And this one's by Derek Shepard. Yeah. Researchers are currently working to make a map of the human brain. It may be the, it may be the most complex map ever created. Billions of neurons making trillions of connections. At first glance, they seem completely random, but there's nothing random about them. All these connections have to happen in a specific pattern. It is designed for a function. These connections determine everything about us, what we love, what we hate, what we say, what we do. We're just starting to learn the extinct, or the extinct? Extent, I think, of of the brain's connections. How far they reach, how deep they go. But we know that every connection matters. Every connection is crucial, and when one is broken, it usually means some damage has been done. The system of connections compels us to act and choose and behave, sometimes humanly against our own will, but it is not random at all. It is the map of who we are. We work to understand ourselves, solve the puzzle, how all the connections work, and all the pieces fit. Derek Shepard, that's kind of like what you experienced in the guy. I was just going to say the the map of who we are. Yeah, yeah. I think that was <laughs> I saw my map. Today. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, do you want to do shotgun workshop? Sure. Um, so we have James Evans, drug addiction. Samantha Calder, familial hypercholesterolium, repeated Ooh. heart attacks. I don't know if that's right. Reese Woods, open tibia fracture, abdominal pain, aplastic anemia. Richard Weber, elevated white blood cell count, pancreatic leak, and pancreatic pseudocyst. Mr. Samuels, multiple hornet sting, swollen penis, and burst mm-hmm. bladder. 
Sola Gray Shepherd, laceration on forehead. Mickey Wensler, quadriplegia, plegia, and Giloma. 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 Gilmoa. Gilmoa? That's not right. Giloma? <laughs> Whatever. Ben Bosco, like Bosco sticks. Ankle fracture. <laughs> Arterio, Arterial. Arterial venous malformation. And Aaron teratoma. Perfect. Um, these are in no particular order, but our rounds for today. We have Stephanie meeting Catherine Avery. We have Meredith and Christina's fight. Uh, Meredith doesn't want to choose between being a mother and a surgeon. Um, I'm jumping to number seven, Brie, but I also feel like in line with that is the Derek's offer to step back for Meredith. Okay, yeah. Callie telling Arizona she needs to move out and Callie continuing to work on the brain mapping. We have Alex's dad, Jimmy, they keep calling him, um, encouraging encouraged to go to rehab by Joe, ultimately leaving the hospital and Alex following him. We have the Richard situation and him, like uh, the residents not treating him well. We have Catherine stepping in. Um, and then we have, I had a little bit about Christina feeling invisible that everyone is moving on without her. Mm-hmm. Owen and Emma, and then Arizona and Murphy's growing, whatever it is. Great. Yeah. First notes? First notes. What's yours? I have so much respect for people who jump out of bed at the sound of their alarm. I Mine is, I hate alarms. Also, my first thought in the coffee is, in the morning is that I need coffee. Yeah. I don't remember who, I think it's Callie jumps out immediately. Yeah. John does that. Really? Yeah, because his is out, like, he puts his across the room. He has, like, an actual alarm clock. And he, I don't think he often gets back in bed. I, mine's my phone. Same. And I don't go back to bed, but I do start, I don't get up. I look at my phone for a while. Yeah. I snooze mine. How many times? Usually twice. Ooh. Yeah. So I usually set mine for 7.15 and get up around 7.30. Okay. So. A slow wake up. Yeah. I just, whenever I do that, I'm, or my thing is I'll scroll on my phone for like 15 minutes and then I'll be like, why didn't I do that while I was on the toilet? I, I know. I've done both things at once. I know, but there's the comfort of being I in know, the bed. But you always have to pee so bad So too. bad. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like miserable, but you're like, I don't want to get up. I don't want to get up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who do, what do, who do, what do we want to talk about? Hmm. None of them. I, wait, Thanks for listening to our podcast. Let's talk about Stephanie. Cause I liked this. It was a funny little yeah. Good storyline. So she's going to meet Jackson's mom, and she's picked out a specific shirt to meet. Which I get that. Yeah. Oh, totally. You have to, like, be in the right outfit to meet your partner's parents. I loved how she was like, this shirt says, like, yes, I acknowledge that I am sl- I am an intern sleeping with yeah. my resident, like, a lot of doubt, but I also, I'm committed. I'm a good surgeon. Like, she put so much thought into it. Yeah. Jackson seduces her into, like, taking the shirt, taking off. The shirt off. In the on-call room. In the on-call room. Shout out to us. I just wanted to say a note, and I don't know what exactly I meant by this, or I don't know, like, what instance, but I said Jackson is, like, so nonchalant with her. Like, I feel like there's just not a lot of passion in what Mm. he does with her. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, maybe their sex is dope, but, like, he's just like, you'll be fine. Like, he just, it doesn't, it's so different than when he was with April. Yeah. And I think this is easy. Like, and I think that they are, like, a great match, but I just don't think that, like, his mental passion is like there as much i think so too um but yeah it doesn't go well for stephanie because Catherine goes to get pillows for richard in an on-call room which gross i know i thought the same i was like why don't you go to supplies closet closet where like the other pillows are because i've been in the hospital and i've said i need another pillow and are they getting it from the on-call room (laughs) yes now that like that a doctor has been having sex Sex on on? (laughs) thank you so much you should ask them that next time and so she comes in and just on her high horse and just, like, 
kind of acknowledges it, but also makes it so awkward. Well, and then makes Stephanie hand her the pillows. Yes. And so, like, like, that's a power move. Yeah, she doesn't, like, oh, I'm so sorry. It, like, she stays in there, looks. Yes. Like, yeah, it is a power move. Like, what she should have done is, like, backed out, closed the door, given some space and respect for, I mean, they probably shouldn't have been doing, everyone has sex in the on-call room. Yeah. Um, but no, total power move. And I love that Steph says, um, well, I was like, well, that didn't go so well. And she says, I don't think she liked my shirt. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, it's also hard because Steph, like, cares so much. Yeah, like, she, she really wants to, I mean, it's Catherine Avery. Right. She's a big deal. Right. And then she ends up getting this patient, who we can talk about him in this, who has a penis that is stinging. It, it, it one went from one bug, one bug bite to many stings, not bee stings, hornet stings. I just he put his penis in a hornet's. Nest. I literally I said, wait, this guy got stung by thirty bees, and then I wrote, wait, did this guy stick his dick in a hornet's nest? And we hadn't figured that out yet. But when he was talking about that, I feel like Steph should have figured that out. Yeah, yeah. There's too. It was. Yeah. Um, And then I have a note a little bit later on, and I said, why do men put penises in places that they don't belong? (laughs) Also— Like, there's always stories about this. I I, (laughs) literally—if a man is listening to this and you have the vulnerability to talk about, like, putting your penis somewhere for pleasure, that—I just don't get it. That's dangerous? Yeah. Or, like, I was just—and again, I don't want to, like, sex shame. Not at all. I'm very curious. Yeah, people can have their fetishes— this one was very confusing to me, and I usually there's a deeper meaning with patients on Grays, but I don't know what the deeper meaning was that this. Oh, I think the I'm only I think the only thing was that the lady said like there this is one thing, but there are five hundred other things that are more interesting. And Steph says that to Catherine. Oh, she's like this, this, this was one, one thing about me. There's five hundred more things that are more interesting about me. Okay, great connection. Because I was like, okay, I get that this lady really loves her husband. But what? That's a big one thing. Yeah, I love how the nurse was like, I doubt it. When she was like, (laughs) yeah. um, He likes a little pain with his pleasure. Mm -hmm. And that is, also it was so bizarre too that the woman, the the wife was like, he stuck his penis in a hornet's nest. And they were like, wait, you know? And she was like, I saw it when I was leaving and I should have taken it down. I was like, wait, so you can't even like. Leave him alone? Yeah, <laughs> leave him alone when there's a hornet's nest around? I don't know. Isn't like the whole I premise of like was, American pie too? Doesn't he stick his dick in a pie? I can't imagine if I was like, Jake, there's a hornet's nest under the deck. Can you please like get rid of it? And instead he puts his penis in it. <laughs> I, I literally, yeah. I mean. I want to know more. Yeah, I literally am not. Don't, don't, but I also don't know, like, and maybe we're not talking about this enough, and maybe because it is like, I do like that the wife was like, he was ashamed. I'm sure he was ashamed. Yeah. And like, so I like that, like, him and his wife have this thing, they understand each other. Well, how many people lie about what actually happened to them because they're ashamed about what did happen? Oh, and and this delays it. That happens in this show too, is sex things. Exactly. And so I, yeah, I just, I just find it interesting that so often there are storylines in so many shows about men sticking their penises. Yeah, in I'd like to know more. Me too. I'd like to buy a vowel. <laughs> sounded, I sounded like e. the, the N64, <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever her name is. Have, uh, not, what, not, what is her name? Who? The, the woman on... Um, Vanna White? Yeah, yeah. Wheel of Fortune. We had the N64 game and she's like, I'd like to buy a vowel. And when you just said, I'd like to know more, it sounded just like that. <laughs> Anyways, I saw my childhood today. <laughs> Moving on. 
Um, so then his bladder burst too, which the thought of that pain. Oh. And so, of course, like, she messes up that, so Catherine has another thing to hold against her. Which Wait, is, before oh, yeah. we go there, my favorite thing is that she goes for a console, oh, yeah. and Steph says to Catherine... I have a giant penis. Which is like, no, wait, I don't have a giant penis. <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs> you make me nervous. I need a consult. Yeah. I also love that she's not afraid to speak. You make me nervous. I know. I love how awkward she is with Catherine. And I love that when she's at the bar with her, she says, I was having a quickie with your son. Like, she's like, straight yeah. cuts to the chase. Um, and then Catherine invites her to stay. Doesn't tell her to leave. Yeah, I do love, too, that she's like, you look at me and you think that, like, I'm the reason, like, with all that you worked for, especially even for women of color, like, I yeah. am, that, like, I am taking us back a few steps. But I'm not because this and this and I, whatever. And then, um, I don't know if you noticed, but then Jackson walks up. He looks super scared. Yeah. And St- I do like that Steph is like, I was just leaving, and then Catherine's like, no, I'm buying. And Catherine scooches in to have Avery sit next to her, and he sits next to Steph instead. Ooh, good catch. I, it was re- I was like, good good move, Avery. Like, yeah. stick next to your, like, your the person girl. you're dating. And, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's really good. Mm-hmm. All right, I picked the, that one. You picked the next one. Okay. Um, then, Popcorn Brie. Uh, let's talk about, let's stick on the same train, and let's talk about Richard. Okay. Um. I get that they're, again, trying to instill confidence in these new interns who Mm. are— Are they residents now? I think they're residents now. Okay, they have the jackets, yeah. Yeah. So these new residents. But if I were Richard, I would be like, bring me— or Not Meredith, he's fighting with her right now. Bring me so-and-so, like someone else. Diagnose me and get me the fuck out of here. Like, I don't understand him choosing to be like a pincushion. Yeah. And like— his why why his health should be a teaching moment? Yeah, Richard. I mean, he's really taken on Bailey teaching moments right yeah, now. Yeah, to a degree that he probably shouldn't be because I do like I was like, wow, he's teaching even through his pain. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. No, I just I, the storyline doesn't really do a lot for me. It I, it doesn't feel like hefty enough or like there's not a lot of emotion like. There was when he got electrocuted and they were all operating, but now he then he was wanting to die, but now he doesn't want to die and Catherine is back. Do we feel, though, that this is kind of true to Richard's character, though? I do feel like Richard is a teacher at heart. That's like, true. I definitely feel like he is a surgeon, but he's he is a great teacher. That's true. And it just so, feels like he went from, like, not even wanting Shane to do the, like, the tube thing. Not wanting to live. Right, to now, like, being like, no, 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 let's go slow and have you figure out what's wrong with me. When he knew what was wrong with him. Yeah, and, like, there is—maybe uh, he's just trying to find purpose in his life. Yeah, could be. Um— but it's like Bailey's very excited about his progression and Catherine is not. And she she's like, more. Richard, well, she wants Richard to be on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And and that's in the first episode. And I feel like in the next episode, he's like teaching. So maybe that's him getting out of his depression of like. That makes sense. I like that. But I agree that it just doesn't do much for us. Like I'm not like as emotionally invested as I feel like mm-hmm. I should be. No, I'm not either. But I'm just trying to understand the storyline, yeah. I guess. I did like, though, that when Catherine is yelling at Jackson about Stephanie, you know, you can hear uh, Weber go. He goes, they meant to lock the door. Like, like <laughs> yes. he, he like tries. He's like, I, it's fine. Yeah. Everyone has sex in the uncle room. I did. I, oh, go ahead. I, I also thought there were just a, a couple funny scenes when like Joe was trying to figure it out. And she was like, have you been playing a lot of tennis? And he's like, <laughs> what the fuck? fuck? And yeah. like, you know, have you been carrying a lot of bags <laughs> or like heavy things? It's like, use your common sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, he he definitely helps, and he's so happy. Well, really quick, before that— I Oh, love, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I love that Catherine says to him, I feel like this is her in a nutshell, I love you, but I will not coddle you. Mm-hmm. That's what she says to him, and I feel like that is how she is her, with, with everyone. everyone. Right. And so I thought that was really interesting. And then in the same way, after she says that, Chief does not let anyone coddle him. He also uses the phrase pussyfoot. He says, <laughs> I do not want to be coddled or pussyfooted around— he says it to Leah Murphy when she's, like, barely touching him for, like, an exam. Yeah. And he's, like, actually lift up the thing and, like, feel me, you know? Yeah. And, um, like, examine exam. me as a patient. Right. Um, well, and then he tells to Catherine, like, I'm going to get these people to look me in the eye and give me the care I deserve because they're all afraid because it's Richard Weber. Right. Yep. Um, I want to know more about Catherine's upbringing. Yeah. And, like, who— you know, she, like you, we just said, like, she doesn't coddle anyone. Like, how did she become the woman that she is? I don't feel like we know a lot about well, her Well, Harper past. Avery was her dad, right? No, it was her... Ex-husband. Her, her, Harper Avery was her ex-husband's father. Oh, okay. Who was the guy that was, like, me tooing everyone? Harper Avery. So her so, grandpa. Or no, her dad. Her, her, her father-in-law. Oh, her, her father-in-law. Because um, I... I wonder, yeah, I wonder it'll pay, sorry, my eyes are itchy. I would pay more attention in those episodes, what she says about her yeah. ex-husband and, and, you know, all of those things. Yeah. Also, Because Jackson goes to find his sees dad. his dad. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Anyway. Um, so pa- Richard ends up, Joe diagnoses him with a pancreatic pseudocyst. Joe's super excited about it. They, like, high five. And then... She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, this is not good news. Right. And, and then I love, though, that he says, for the first time today, I feel like I'm in good hands um, to her. And that's, like, the end of him. He's still in the hospital. The end of him. <laughs> and he's still not well. Yep. That's all I have on. Yeah, same. Um, Popcorn Abby. Okay. I'm going to pick Arizona and Murphy. Interesting. So, in the very beginning of the first episode— we find out that Arizona brought Murphy back to her apartment. Yeah, which my first note is they did sleep together. I thought right. that they, but they haven't yet. Yeah, and like Mur- Murphy brings Arizona coffee right. and it's like very like, she is having that that blackout moment in our college years yes, that we were she, talking about. She was buying the bookcase and doesn't remember yeah, what she did. Does not have any idea what she did. But she, but she feels like Murphy's really flirting with her. Right. And so they end up at the bar, right? Yes, yeah, they do. And but before that, I just want to note that Murphy to all of the other residents are just like, I'm also seeing someone, but like, don't ask me because I can't tell. Is so, that later on though? I feel like that's in the second episode. Oh, when they get their jackets? I thought that was yeah. in the first. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, no, you're right. It's in the second one. Because then they meet up at the bar. Sorry, yes, they meet up at the bar because um, Arizona's kicked out. Yeah, of her. And. And Murphy says to Arizona, you can stay at my place. And Arizona's like, I'm sorry, but what happened? The fuck happened? Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, because you're very pretty and I don't remember. And then we find out that they like made grilled cheese. (laughs) Well, she found Arizona (laughs) passed out in the hallway Mm -hmm. of her apartment. So she helped her in. They made epic grilled cheese. They watched movies. They They had a dance party. party. They watched Derek. Do the AVM surgery. (laughs) And that's why Murphy showed up there that day because... Arizona had invited her and said, you have to be there. And then Arizona was like, you can't be here when she was sober. (laughs) Right, right. And um, at the end, 
Arizona's like, oh, thank God. Like, you know, whatever. And then Murphy goes, but can we go back to the part where you said I'm pretty? Right. And so she's very, like, interested. Um, And then, okay, you're right. So beginning of the next one, it's they're in the locker room getting their white jackets. And she's just being, like, Joe is complaining about Alex, Stephanie. I just talked about whatever. And then uh, Murphy's just keeps interjecting the whole episode. Like, yeah, well, I'm also seeing someone. But don't even bother asking because I can't. It was so annoying. Annoyed the fuck out of me. Yeah. Clearly she wants someone to ask. But no one is listening to And her. nobody cares. Right. Um, and she's just being super weird to Arizona. Like, so, yeah. like, flirty. Um, I love, too, that, like... Arizona is talking to Alex and Alex says he yes. slept with me, Leah Murphy and she was like super clinger or whatever and doesn't realize Arizona has slept with her. I love that they were bonding about that. Yeah. Like, like Arizona being like, tell me more about Leah Murphy. He's like, oh, total clinger. Like yeah. the fact that they're bonding about this. Um, I just have notes like she, Leah's kind of a lot. And mm-hmm. then, and then at one point I was like, Murphy, what the fuck are you talking about? No one is asking. Yep. It was all episode. And then, but then the next scene was Arizona kind of shutting her down. That was really And sad. I, then my next note is, oh, I feel bad for Leah. <laughs> yeah, because like, she just feels a lot younger to me. Like, like, and just like sensitive and clearly she falls hard for people. Like, yes. And so, um, she also, she does admit to people that she did make out with Arizona. I forget who it is. It's, I think it's. I think it's Edwards and Wilson yeah, maybe? I think so too. And they're like. Oh, like, or they say something like, are you, uh, she ends up saying something like, it's a sliding scale. Yeah. Um, about, I think they ask her if she's a lesbian now or yeah, something. Yeah, she says it's a, she's like very, She says like, it's a shame. Yeah, and she's like very put off. She's like, it's a sliding scale now, don't yeah. you know? Um, and so, yeah, Arizona tells her off, says, you know, like, this isn't what you think it is. But then Arizona is alone at night. <sighs> Yeah. And gives her the old you up text. Yeah, I don't I don't love that. I don't think that's no. fair. And I think, like, I feel so bad for Leah. I mean, I think she really handled it the best that she could. She, like, is practically in tears and, like, tries to shake Arizona's hand and was like, I'm sorry, it won't happen again. Mm-hmm. I, like, do this to a lot of people. Right. Um, and she and doesn't then, really have anyone. No. I mean, her roommate was Heather Brooks, Heather. who died. Right. And there, I feel like the rest of the interns don't really like, like her. her. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, like, I think it was a little obnoxious, like her being like, oh, I'm seeing someone, but then I do feel really bad for her. And then, I mean, it's not, I mean, I know where this storyline's about to go about like the sexual harassment thing. Well, yeah. So she sleeps with Arizona. Yeah. And then she ends up uh, like putting in a complaint about Arizona. Mm. Um, and I think rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. Like. You know, I don't think it's fair for Arizona, for anyone. You know, I'm not just, I don't feel like Arizona's the only one who does this by any means. But, and I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. This It's a difficult storyline. Yeah, no, it is. Well, it's it's interesting because it's clearly like the way that she does not want a relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And I also just think Leah might be the first one to stand up that that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Like, which, I mean, it happened, also it's happened to her twice. It happened to her yeah. with Karev. Like, it could just be the second straw that broke, you know, like, yeah. it's just like, I, don't, I can't have this happen again. Yeah, you can't refuse to teach me because right. of. Yep, and so, I don't know, it's interesting. <clears throat> Clearly, like, Arizona is struggling and and it it just she's lonely. She was kicked out of her place. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention about that was <clears throat> I didn't really know where to put this in the storyline. 
like in our mm-hmm. notes. But I guess, oh, I guess should we talk about how Callie tells Arizona she needs to move out, kind of transition into yeah. that? Yeah. Um, because, well, let's go to the beginning. Mare and Callie kiss goodbye yeah, in the morning. Like one of it's, my favorite moments. And the way they look at each other, of like, did that just... They don't even <clears throat> comment. They just keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> like, Meredith turns around and kind of gives a, like, huh. Yeah, well, she, like, <laughs> she says to Derek, like, maybe we're too good at this. Yeah. Like, I loved it. Yeah. Um, uh, and then she says, Derek and Meredith and I are in a relationship. <laughs> so they're in the thruple. And they're making things work. And she's making coffee. And then, you know, Mare asks Callie to pick up Zola. Like, it's all working together. And then Callie ends up meeting this patient, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about in the post-op. Yep. Um, who is um, a donor. Donor sibling. Yeah. And or save your sibling. Yeah, and pretty much tells her, like, you don't have to do this. You're allowed to say no. And Callie realizes it's like, wait, I don't want, I don't have to do this. Also want to point out throughout the whole episode, she keeps talking about dancing in her underwear. Yes. That's I think important, I guess. Yeah. And also she I love the <clears throat> comment to um, well, I guess this is about Owen, but Callie says it when Emma made Owen banana bread and Callie goes, oh, you're rebounding. Me too, with Meredith and Derek. That's like how she gets into the um, thing. Um, But uh, yeah, and then she gets the hang, the sister, I can't, I gotta look up the patient's name, which one it is. They start yelling, no, like, no. Like they just like, you can say no. And then we find out though, that the sister ends up, even after that, she ends up donating the kidney. Right. Um, And so- I, I don't know if that is, like, what, like, how her making that choice to actually not say no goes back into, like, then, but, like, Callie chooses to have, she tells Arizona, like, the movers will be there tomorrow to move your things. Yeah. Um, and you can't even stay there tonight. Right. And so she goes back to her own apartment. This is the first time she's been in it since her in Arizona and, like, what happened in the storm. Yeah. The night of the storm. And she puts on music, like, very ten. At first, I thought she was in Derek and Meredith's house. <laughs> because then the next scene is Derek opening the door. Yeah. And when he didn't look surprised to see Callie in her underwear, I was like, wait, are they just used to that? <laughs> but no, so she puts on her underwear, and she dances just like she did in whatever season it was. Well, and I was wondering, is it the same song she was dancing in to oh, the hospital? To I feel like end. it might have been. Or something very similar. And she's also wearing pink underwear. Pink underwear, yep. Kind yeah. Like boy cut. Yeah. And cheeky. she's like very, like very tentatively moving her body. And yeah. then by the end, she's. I wanted to point out too that this is where I didn't really know where to throw this in these notes. But um, in this episode, we start to see that April and Arizona have actually really bonded from yes. the previous episode. And Callie and April and I think Owen maybe mm-hmm. are in surgery together. And uh, Callie's talking about taking her apartment back and April is like standing up for Arizona. It's like, yeah. but it's already handicap accessible and like she can't move out, blah, blah, blah. And so that's kind of like Callie's thing too that she tells Arizona is like, you're fine now. I've been taking care of you for like a year and you're actually capable and right. you can go now. Go, yeah. I like the way that April, she's like, sorry, we got really drunk. And like, like she's just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a friend. No. I mean, I feel like April really wasn't in these episodes, but right. when she was, it was mostly about like her being friends with yep. Arizona. Yep. Um, And then also too, I think it's given, we can talk about this more when we talk about Derek a little bit, but her and Derek, Kelly and Derek are working on this brain mapping, mm-hmm. super cool technology of like, Mapping how the brain responds to movement so that maybe when they create, like, um, 
robotic limbs and things. They can like be connected to the brain. So it moves when they want them to. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not explaining it right. But it was pretty sweet with this guy named Mickey. And we learned that Callie started this project originally for Arizona mm-hmm. because she wanted to create a prosthetic for her. And mm-hmm. and they're, they're finally making progress on it. And Callie wants out. And, yeah. and Derek kind of convinces her to push forward with it, even though, you know, her and Arizona aren't a thing anymore. Yeah. I mean, she kind of pushes back. Like, Derek pushes her and says, like, you don't want to do this anymore because you started this for Arizona. And this isn't fair to Mickey. And then Callie hits back with, like, well, you want to back away from this because you want, like, you're there for your wife or whatever. And, like, just because my life is a shit show doesn't mean, like, I have to do what you're telling me to do. But she ends up kind of circling back around. And then, unfortunately, the patient dies. Which kind of, I guess, maybe that's sort of like the sister thing. Like, she says no, but then she comes back and does it anyways. Yeah. Even though she doesn't have a connection to it anymore. I think, yeah, the patient dies, but I think they continue to work on this. I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. That's I don't I have, have anything else about that. Um, should we do... Uh, Alex's dad? Yeah, get that one. Yeah. So, first of all, we had talked about this earlier, but it is confirmed. We find out Alex took his mom's last name. Yes. So. Um, I Okay, I just want to say, too, from the beginning, I really like any episode. I mean, these weren't my favorite episodes, but I like things that have to do with learning more about Alex's past. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I loved when the brother came. Mm-hmm. I, I'm enjoying this. I don't know. It's not enjoying. It's just interesting to me. Um, the more we, because also I think about when we first were learning all of this about him, mm-hmm. like, he was still such a mystery. And yeah. so now he's not at all, I feel like. But um, I said, my first thought about him is like his, before Joey even says it, is that he's funny, witty, and kind. Like he's like kind of cracking jokes. He's like not an asshole yet. Like you're kind of like, where's this like jerk? Yeah. That Alex knows. Um, And then Alex ends up saying the last time yes. he saw his dad, he was punching him so hard he thought he would kill him. Yeah. So violence. Yeah. There. Yep. Um, Joe is... And, and I'm sorry. And he also, like, doesn't want Joe to get involved. Yes. And Joe, though, we... Well, Joe is pushing... She's working with Jimmy on... He's, like, doing a stress test. And she's talking to him about rehab. And not, I guess if he just leaves now, he'll go be right back in the same place. And she's just pushing him to the limit. And, like, pushing enough buttons that she's annoying him. But, like, he's appreciating that she cares. Um, and then he says he can't afford it. And so she um, ends up finding a way to get a rehab place that would take him. Like, she does a lot of extra work to find this place. Mm -hmm. And she is pushing Alex also. It's like she's pushing both of them. She's pushing the dad to go to rehab. She's pushing Alex to want to take care of his dad Mm -hmm. um, and to make a connection. Um, I have a quote that Jimmy says to Joe. He says, you tell someone something you're going to do. Wait. You tell someone you're going to do something. You set them up for disappointment. That's how you lose your family, your home, and your children hate you. I don't want to let you down, too. So Because he, like, won't say that he'll go to rehab. Right. Um, then they kind of, like, fight Alex and Joe. Yeah. And then later on, I think it's the second episode, um, we, like, find out that, like, Alex isn't coming around at night and he's not telling Joe where he's going. And so she's like talking with the other residents and stuff like does he think I'm pregnant or does he is he cheating on me all this stuff but he's really just like hiding from her that he's going to watch his dad perform Mm -hmm. at this bar um and 
he's been there two nights in a row now. Before that, though, just really fast, because I think this was a good moment. He's in the elevator with his dad when his dad is leaving the hospital. And and they're kind of both in there, and they're just, like, not looking at each other. And Alex is about to say something. Like, he, he uh, like, turns, and the guy just says, like, see you later, kid. Or, like, so, like he just, like... Yeah. Like, he leaves. So there's a lot of... Sorry, there's a tense one. I feel like that is what made Alex then, like, follow or, you know, like, yeah. figure out more about him. Yeah. Um, and then... <sighs> yeah, he's watching his dad play at all these different bars in different, like, yeah. towns. And then his... No, I think they were at the same bar two nights in a row. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then his dad at the end of the night comes... Jimmy at the end of the night comes to sit at the bar and get a gin and... Um, Alex ends up buying it and he's like, I feel like I know you. And I wrote like, I don't know, maybe you know him because he's your fucking son. Like, um, and then it's just, it's so sad to watch. And then Jimmy's like, oh no, you're this doctor. And then they're talking about music. And then like that whole scene, I'm sorry. I was really uncomfortable with Krav singing. I don't know. Yeah, with him singing, but I thought it was like, it was really fucking sad to see Karev so have a moment with his dad. And you know he's not telling him anything because he's just enjoying this, like, fantasy world that he's in, kind yeah. of. And then his dad starts talking about— um, His dad kind of stops playing and gets, like, really emotional. Yes, and he's like, this song was really important to me. I taught it to my son. And Alex is thinking, like, it's oh, my him. God, it's me. Like, he's actually missing me, and he's talking about me. And then he says, like, oh, do you mind just, like, do you want to see—can I show you a picture of him? And Alex is like, sure. And I mean, I've seen this show, so I know what happens. But like, I don't, I didn't remember oh, this. And you're expecting it to be Alex and it's not. not. It's like a half Asian little boy. Yeah, who's like six or seven. Yes, or 12. He says. Um, or 12. Yeah, he says, it's Nikki. This is my son, Nikki. He'd be 12. He'll be 12 years old today. And Alex just like loses it. He's like, you you keep fucking doing this. Yes, which is true. Like this is now the second family yes. that he has abandoned, and and he just like the guy's like, come on, man, and he, like takes his guitar back because I'm sure he's just like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like I was just talking about my son, and Alex just keeps yelling about how you always do this, like you you don't deserve to have kids, whatever. And they, they, like, don't get to know him. Like, some, like, like, the best thing you could ever do is, like, not go back there and, like, don't give him hope or false hope or don't yeah. let him get to know you. Or Yes. And then he punches him, like, once pretty, hard. Or, pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. And when he punches him, you see in the dad's face that he recognizes that it's Alex. Done. done. It's very intense. And then he comes home and Joe and him are fighting. And Christina sneaks past. <laughs> yeah, I love when she just... Yeah. Like, and then, um, I don't, do you have what he says? He just says that, he says he didn't think that he could feel worse than he already did, but it turns out he can. Yeah, and then he fucking throws something. And I was just like, dude, Krev is very violent. Yeah, he is, I, the, the violence is, like, not okay. No. Um, it's. Especially when you're more aware of it, like, when you're kind of pulling apart the show. Right. And, like, he always reverts back to violence. Right. It's sad because, like, we all have those wanting feelings of wanting to throw something, but there's like a social cue of you are in the room with another person. In this case, like his girlfriend, a woman, someone smaller than him. Like Ooh, this would maybe make them not feel safe. Yes, exactly. Who has been in yeah. scary relationships before, though he doesn't know that yet. But like, um, yeah, it's just like it sucks that he reverts to that. But it, 
it, I'm not saying that his feelings aren't warranted for it. It's like, you no. know, it's like, do that in your privacy or like. Yeah, like find a better outlet. Yeah, he also always takes it out on. Something yeah. or someone. Or someone, right. But dude, to have your dad be like, oh, my son, and have it not be you. Oh, God. What if, what if um, Greggy did that to you? That would be terrible. I know. It would be so sad. I know. I feel, I feel absolutely horrible for Krev. But the way he acts is, you know. Yeah, but it just makes me realize, like, shit, he, like, here he is being violent again. Yeah, Like, another, I mean, he's been, but I feel like he kind of rounded that out maybe in the last seasons. He wasn't, like, super violent, and maybe he overcame that finally. I mean, I think DeLuca was the last one. Because remember, he didn't even beat up Joe's husband. Yeah. Which that was, like. I think that was kind of his moment of, like, I'm I can not this, it in. Yeah, I'm not this person anymore. Yeah, which Hopefully. of all the people he beat, should have beat up. Probably that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Glee guy. Ugh. With that How can he go from being... Mr. Uh, uh, Shoe. Mr. Shoe? Schuster. Schuster. <laughs> Mr. Shoe. <laughs> How can he go from being Mr. Schuster to that guy? I, what a... He can play... He's like a... Uh, he can just act all sorts of parts. <laughs> He's very good. God, sorry, my eye is so itchy. It does this every night. Just my left one. Take some allergies. It's probably my contact. Oh. Anyways. Okay, we have this big one to talk about, and I hate talking about it because it's, like, unhappy. Yeah. So. Because I think the Christina thing will move into this. Yeah. The Owen and Emma thing, let's just say it. They're seeing each other. He's She's bringing him banana bread. Yeah. And she's, like, she is in on a surgery there. So uh-huh. she's, like, at the hospital mm-hmm. right now. Um. So, from the very beginning of the first episode, you can tell that the interactions between Christina and Meredith is not going great. Right. Like, Meredith is not quite there. Mm-hmm. And Christina has her... is really intense liver-heart transplant, transplant. Like, a duo transplant at the same time. And I'm sorry, I can't remember. Does Mare ask to be on it? It was her patient before she had Bailey. Right. So, and then Christina took over. So she but comes, I can't remember, does Christina come to Meredith or does Meredith come to Christina? I don't remember which way, but she steals it from Bailey. Right, okay. <laughs> Bailey says about her, because Meredith's like, you can't be mad at me. I named my son Bailey. And she goes, he drinks the milk of a liver thief. Just <laughs> <laughs> such a good line. Um, but yeah, she's jumping back into this big surgery and we find out because Christina asked her if she's done this reading yet, which Meredith goes, thinks she's talking about something to do with Zola. This happens like four different times. Yeah. Where Christina asks her a question. Something and, about a tea party. Yeah. And Meredith answers her in regards to like a kid thing. And Christina's like, no, no, no. I'm talking about the liver. Right. Like, um, and so Meredith decides to do the surgery. So then she needs Callie to pick up the kids. And she needs there to be this, like, tea party thing because she doesn't want Zola to feel like... She's abandoned from exactly. surgery. And Callie, so kindly, is like, I can be done by six. You yeah, know, like, yeah. be there. Um, and, yeah, it just keeps getting more and more uncomfortable between Meredith and Christina. And Christina, you can tell, is kind of, like, kind of trying to figure out if Meredith is in the space to do this surgery. Right. Um, and when they meet with the patient... Um, the patient's like, oh, it's so good to see you. You yeah. know, no baby anymore. And she's like, yep, outside, you know, whatever. And she says something like, you can do it all or something. And and I, I forget where this comes from, but the, does the Shane say have a baby like Dr. Gray or be a groundbreaking surgeon like Christina well, Yang? Well, what he what says is like um, with her getting her surgery done, the patient is like, I can... 
I can be like you now, Mary. Like I can have oh, a baby. baby. And then Shane goes, or be a groundbreaking surgeon like Chris or Dr. Yang. And Christina's Christina like, up st- stands up for Meredith. And it's like, she's a great surgeon as well, you know. Um, but that right away, there's the premise of the next two episodes or how while. many, how long it goes on. Yep. It's really, and like Mare has Shane run errands about telling the kids or things too. And, and um, when Christina, oh, this is the part. Christine's like, oh, that's so cool. And Mare's like, oh, the tea party? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, not what not. she's talking about. Um, there's just many moments like that. Also, at one point too, Mare has to go pump. Yeah. And, and Christina's like, Mare, are your boobs, do they hurt? Like, go yeah. pump. And she's like, no, I can wait. And she's like, go do it. Like, yeah. she lets her, but it's all of these things that are like showing us the, the different parts of life that they're in right now. Yeah. Um, and then um, Dr. Bailey isn't scrubbing in on Christina's patient, but then she ends up like helping Meredith out. And so she can pump both breasts at the same time right. to have it go pa- faster. She decides to quiz Meredith on the reading that she's supposed to get done before the surgery. Right. And then Mer- and then Zola takes a Tumble. Yeah. Um, yep. She falls and the nurse calls and like Derek didn't pick up and no one else is picking up. So Meredith has to go handle it, which like. Crab is there. It's shitty that there's like the argument Mare and Dare later will talk about. It's shitty that he couldn't. I get that he was literally in surgery. Like mm. he couldn't, but I hate that it falls on Mare. Yeah. But um. But yeah, so then Alex comes down to stitch up Zola. I love that Alex says like, Zola loves me more than her parents anyways. Yeah. Like it already is showing their cute little connection. Um, And Mare finally like runs back up, ready to go scrub in. And Bailey's scrubbing in. Yes. And I was like, fuck, this is the fight. Here we go. Yep. Um, do you have any of it? I have some of it. I said, I hate, this is after the surgery. So, like, Christina kicks her out of the surgery, says she'll be worried about Zola and that she didn't finish. She asked her again if she did the reading. And Meredith, like, hesitates. And she's like, yeah. okay, you didn't. Um, and then after the surgery, she's, Mare's like, I, like, I'm ready for this, or I'm both. And she says, I'm, Christina says, I'm sorry, but you're not. And that's okay. Christina says that many times. Like, you are this, but that's okay. She says, you have different priorities now. You cut back on clinical hours and you you don't, God, sorry, I keep having like, oh, indigestion. You cut back on clinical hours. You don't do research. And I get it. You have Zola and baby Bailey and you want to be a good mom. And then Meredith says, you are saying that I can't be a good surgeon and a mom. Um, and then Christina says, Bailey, Callie, and Ellis never let up. She says, you and I started running down the same road at the same time, and at some point, you let up. We're in different places now, and that's okay. Yeah, so that part about Mare letting up and she slowed down, I, um, my next note is I said, wow, that's really tough to hear, and like, do we agree with Christina? I think no. I think like life I feel like Christina's is like linear always. And Mm. I feel like growth isn't always linear. And like, this is a pause. Bailey's like not even a few months old. Like, I feel like you can have moments of rest and come back up. I feel like for Christina to think that like her, I feel like her letting up was her taking a break, having a baby, slowing down a little bit. Now she's slowly coming back up. Like that doesn't, I guess I don't categorize having a baby as letting up. I just think of it as like, oh, it's a pause. And like, I think the point that Christina was trying to make was that Bailey never, like, Bailey was back in the hospital, like, right away. Right. And 
Callie was. Well, Callie had the... She was, like, hit by a car. Yeah, but then pretty much <laughs> after that, she was back. I don't know. Right, right. And I'm not saying that's right. I, I don't think it's... I don't think it's fair. But I do think in, like, Christina's reality, they are not equals in this way. They are in different places. And, like... And I do think Christina is trying to convey, like, I'm... That's... We're okay. That's cool. But right. you can't be... You can't then perform this surgery if you're not ready. If you didn't do the work. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. But I don't agree with her saying that Meredith can't be both. Yeah. The part, and and just the part about her saying, comparing her to Bailey, Callie, and Alice, I feel like are two totally different. Like, I don't think you should compare other people's situations because also like for Bailey, I I guess she was a single mom, but like her husband or her ex-husband, was, was not a surgeon. No, and he, he was stay-at-home. And with uh, Callie, they had three parents. They had Mark, right. And and Alice was a terrible mom. Like, so I yeah. feel like, I don't know. I, I just think, too, like, it was just poor timing that it had to be, like, it sucked. I guess, too, I feel like Meredith should have been able to be like, okay, yeah, today I shouldn't do the surgery because I had to deal with some shit. But I feel like she's a little resentful of the shit she had to deal with, rightly so. It's just an ugly... It would be really hard to hear that from your best friend. Really hard to... Because I feel like they have always been super supportive. And I think that is where we come back to, and we'll get to it in the next episode, is I feel like Meredith, in her mind, feels like she has always been there in understanding Mm -hmm. of Christina. And she doesn't feel like Christina is giving her any slack or being there for her. Yeah. But I think Christina is being there for her in the way that she knows how, but also being kind of brutally honest yes, with her. Yes, I would say brutally honest for sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Mara comes home and I- Callie's been, moved out. I wrote that like this episode, this end of the episode feels so real to me yes. when Meredith starts taking all of her shit out on Derek. Yep. yep. He like walks through the door and she's like, where the fuck were you? Yep. And like, he was like, I was in surgery- and she was like, well, then I had to miss my surgery. And then you can tell he, like, gets defense. Like, they— It's so sad when she says, I shouldn't have to choose between being a good mother and a good surgeon. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she she had to be a mom when she didn't want to be today. She wanted to be a surgeon. Yeah. That's really sad. Mm-hmm. And then it's weird. Yeah, that was a really real, like, fight and real scene. Yeah. So then the next episode, Meredith is, like, trying to figure out. She's a second year attending, so she's trying to get her research figured out. Right. And, like, what she's going to work on. She's trying to figure out if she's going to, like, follow in her mother's footsteps. Well, because Christina also sort of accused her of not researching anymore. Yes. And not, yeah. Yeah. And so we're, like, trying—we're watching Meredith, like, kind of— like talk about like portal veins or something and then like 3D printing well like but everyone's like oh you need to do this type of research and like finish Ellis's story and then she doesn't like that idea Mm -hmm. she's not talking to Christina about it at all it's very obvious throughout the episode she's avoiding talking to her about it yep Um, and the one scene when they do talk is when she decides she's gonna which I don't remember this but like 3D print portal veins right and Christina comes in and is very like Kind of like holding back. I feel like my mic's not picking up my things. Very like holding back and just like 
You can tell she wants to ask her about it, but also is aware of their last conversation. Well, actually, I feel differently about it. I feel like Christina walks in and, and like thought it was all good. Thought it was all good. She's mm. talking about Owen. She's like, I don't exist. Like, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, she walks in. She's like, I don't register as a human being. Like, these oh, people. Yeah. She <laughs> says the paper towel machine didn't even like yeah. see her. And then that that time Meredith goes, I'm sorry, what? And so even Meredith isn't paying attention to her. Right. Um, it's all setting up for her to leave. Yeah. And then, um, wait, where's my note on it? Um, Mare's ignoring Christina. And then she ends up this time. And so the first fight, Christina kind of told Meredith off. And this fight, is everything okay? Yeah. And this fight, Meredith tells Christina off. And the one line I have... I don't know if you have any of it, but the one line I have is Mary says, you don't have time for people who want things that you don't want. Yes. And right before that, she says, I have a career and a family and I'm going to do both. What I don't have time for is for you to tell me I can't do both. Um, and, and she kind of yells at her and she's like, I haven't told you about this at all because I don't want to hear. She's like waving her finger at her. Yeah. Like She says, instead, last week, you pushed me aside because I had a baby. You don't have time for me now because you don't have time for people who want things you don't want, which I don't think is true. Like, I don't think it has anything to do with that she had a baby and that's why Christina did what she did. Um, but I think Meredith is using this as a fucking jab because she's yep. hurt by Christina. Yep. And we know that that's something that would hurt Christina because that's what she was experiencing with Owen. Owen, exactly. Um, yeah, they both used, they both, it was like a low blow on Unbo- all accounts. And it was really hard to see because we feel like they're like the, they're the relationship of the show and they're so woven together and you can watch them being kind of pulled apart right now. Yeah. And cause we're going to get a tattoo that has to do with them. Yeah. So, but I mean, they come back together, but this is really hard to watch them be in a fight like this. Yeah. But it's also really real. I think friends, well, I don't think friends always fight. But I think friends definitely go different ways. Yeah, Marge has a lot to say about it. Yeah. I think friends go different ways. Oh, for sure. And, like, I think it's important to not— I think it's important that you are able to mourn what was, but you can't be mad Mm -hmm. for that path that someone is going on. So, And I feel like Christina's not mad and Meredith is. I think Christina is missing her best friend being— like a hardcore surgeon with her alongside her. Yes. Like, and I don't think she's mad. I just think that she has is prefers grieving. that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like grieving what was. Gr- gr- yeah, grieving the loss. But I feel like Mare doesn't feel like she lost anything. Oh, right. no, no, no. That's not true. I do feel like she does, but I She doesn't feel- think Christina understands. No, but I also feel like maybe she didn't feel like she lost anything until Christina kind of pointed out like, hey, you actually aren't where the rest of us are at. And yes. she's like, fuck, I am losing something and I don't want to. Right. I, I agree with that. And then who she would usually go to would be Christina, but and Christina pissed her off. And so she doesn't. That's what I mean. Like, I think Meredith is mad at the end. Yes. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So. <sighs> It's hard. Basically, to the this isn't long, but the Derek thing is just that at the end, it's a really sweet moment. Um, so, you know, the last episode ended with them fighting. Mm-hmm. This one ends with Derek and Meredith being like, we can't make this work. Like, like we can't, like, we without Catley, we can't do this. And you think Derek is going to be like, well, you're going to have to step back. But instead, he actually, like, grabs her by the shoulders and he says he wants to spend more time on research he offers to step back, give Meredith the slack she needs. I love how Mare says, he'll resent me, and so will the kids, and I don't want to be my mother. Um, and Derek kind of says the thing of, like, nope, you know what? Like, 
we will take, there will be times that you will step back later, but right now it is your time. It was so marriage. Yeah, exactly. It was so sad when he says, maybe I'll, or you'll step back when Zola's dating because I don't want to be around for that. I said, that is so sad because Derek isn't around for it when Zola starts dating. Yeah. Also, I love too that she's like, you're going to have more fun. Oh, I love that he said, being with our children is not the consolation prize. Like it is the prize. Yes. And I love, I'm like, that's such a good dad. And then she's like, you're going to have more fun than me. And he's like, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like we definitely are. Yeah, it's great. Um, one other thing with like the Owen and Emma thing and like Christina watching it happen, there's that operatic music that's playing and that's playing in the episode where Christina and Owen are like not together, but she, they're reading the journals about Ellis and Richard and they're like walking past and like slowly like touch hands. Mm -hmm. It's the same music. Also, there's that moment when Emma and and Christina are in the room together, and she goes, I'm Christine Yang. And she goes, yeah, yes. we know, we've met. She goes, no, no, I'm Christine Yang, Owen's ex-wife. Yeah. And poor Emma has to kind of be like, oh, yes, yes, I knew that. She fucking didn't know that. Yeah, and that's what leads Christina to being like, I don't exist. Is it, right. You know, like, right. Owen's not, didn't yeah. even tell her about me. And yeah. So, um, I think that's all the storylines. Do you have any random notes? I don't have any. Other than, uh... Shane doesn't want to work with Shepard because he's still feeling weird about Heather Brooks and he's just being really rude about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that one couple used their life insurance and all of their oh, yeah. sold everything. I loved when they're like, we are bankrupt and criminals. We might go to jail. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. I, was, I thought it was funny that this guy didn't want to survive. I said, these people are total weirdos. Yeah. Um, and then one other thing is, what the fuck was this thing about the mug? I don't know. I couldn't follow. Okay. So we didn't really know what was going on no. with that. Well, his, also, his oh. monologue was about connections and things always coming back together in the end. And the mug made it back to their house. Okay. I don't know. The one thing I do want to point out with Shane is he's not interested in working with Derek. I don't really like him in this episode. And he's starting to get really aggressive, which I think is important to pick up because in his storyline, he kind of has a breakdown. Yes. And he's like starting to like, and it all starts when he sees Heather Brooks' coat, coat in the locker room. He also is starting to work with Christina more and she calls him Sharky. Again. Yes. So... Um, okay. Um, do you want to do notes and trivia? Yeah, let's just alternate. Okay. Bet It Stung. This episode's title originated from the song I Bet It Stung, originally sung by Tegan and Sarah. This episode scored 8.78 million viewers. Callie finally dances in her underwear again, something she has wanted to do since the episode Seal Our Fate. And then Map of You. This episode's title originated from the song Map of You, originally sung by New Music. This episode scored 8.73 million viewers. Including his two appearances on Private Practice, James Pickens Jr. makes his 200th appearance as Richard Weber. The piano music used in the scene where Christina watches Owen and Emma kiss each other was previously used in season five when Christina and Owen got together. This episode marks the start of the second year of residence, Shane Ross, Leah Murphy, Stephanie Edwards, and Joe Wilson, which means they took and passed their internship exams between the fifth and sixth episode. Oh, yeah, they were studying for them in the yeah. last one. Goof. Derek's lab coat has Seattle Grace Mercy West Hospital embroidered on it in the scene where he is speaking to Callie about Mickey after Mickey tells Derek to take out his tumor. All their times, his lab coat has the correct Gray Sloan Memorial Hospital embroidery. They do that a lot, I feel like, We with should Derek's look out coat. for that. yeah. Goof, Derek is listed as Derek Shepard. I think it's spelled wrong wrong in Arizona's phone. Shane's badge ID still shows surgical intern on the department line despite no longer being an intern. And Goof, Derek's last name is misspelled as Shepard when Shane is paged. Nice. 
Uh, Catherine Fox Award. I nominated Derek because he offered to step down for Meredith. He convinced Callie to stick with the research project and his children are not a consolation prize. I agreed with you. I really like, I feel like Love Derek it. doesn't get it very no. often. So yeah. let's give it. And I don't really care for these episodes. Yeah, perfect. I know. I gave it a six out of 10. I was bored. Same, six out of 10. Just and nothing. honestly, I don't like Christina and Meredith fighting. No. It's hard for me to watch. So These are like middle season episodes. We're not quite close to the mid-season finale yet. Yeah. And yeah, so it'll build. It will. Anyway, um, if you are a $10 patron, don't forget to keep listening. If you're listening on (laughs) Patreon, you have to be listening on Patreon to get the bonus. Yes. Um, So, all right, we're going to call Time of Death and then stay on the line for post-op. Time of Death is 2052. Beep, beep.